Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. This is Nora from Battle Beast. This is Mike from Devil Driver. This is Carla from Love and Tura. Hi, this is Mark from Dragon Force, and you are listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. I'm here with Matt and Amos from Atlanta Metalers Death of Kings. So pleased to have you guys on the Great Metal of A podcast. Thanks for having us here. Appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Thanks for having us, man. We're talking to you at the Haymaker Whiskey Bar in Louisville, Kentucky. I understand this isn't the first time you guys have played in Kentucky? Yeah, we, we actually, on our last tour, I think maybe two years ago through through Louisville, we played at the Mac Bar also with Cryptic Hymn and uh, our friends, the Rev- Reverends. Revenants, not Reverend, sorry. Well, they were, they were off a couple of years. Uh, yeah, old school. They've been around for at least probably 20 almost. Something like that, yeah. Nice guys. Had you guys heard of the guys in Cryptic Hymn before? Yeah, I'd actually, I'd actually booked them in Atlanta before when they were when they were still Voyage of Slaves. And uh, we, we'd played down them, there with them uh, and there when they came through town. And then they were nice enough to hook it back up for us. So. Before we get into what's going on with the band currently, which is very exciting, I want to get a little background information. First, from each of you, how did you get into music? Start with you, Matt. Oh, well, that's easy. That's an easy one. My dad's a musician. He's a drummer. He still kind of tours a little bit. and He was at a country rock and roll, little tinge of bluegrass. Um, I'm going to give him a shout-out, Mission Mountain Wood Band. Uh, check him out if you're into that kind of stuff. It'll be a little outlaw country uh things you know kind of in there uh, from uh, montana like i said and uh they're still up there uh, touring and playing some shows and he's still going strong at 67 years old still playing drums and putting on a heck of a show i mean go dad seriously it was being encouraged in your home absolutely i mean man, you always had music around always had something to bang on or strum or whatever the case may be and always encouraged me to play music and always be a part of that so it's definitely was uh been my outlet been uh you know just uh, been a part of me since uh, as long as i can remember what about the store for you, Amos? Uh, as long as I can remember, there's always been music playing in our house growing up, uh, records spinning from my, my mom and dad. Uh, my dad played guitar, too, you know, kind of casually around the house. Uh, I started playing piano at a young age and then switched to drums around 13. Uh, started touring in my first band around 17 and never really looked back. Really in your guys' blood. That's awesome. Well, if you would, give us just a little background about the origins of Death of Kings. Sure. Uh, so Death of Kings kind of was uh, sort of in the uh, the ruins of a band that uh, with the other original, I'm the only original member from that band at this point, uh, called Das Manix. It was a little bit more of a rock, kind of punk, rock, punk and roll type of mentality. Sleazy hard rock kind of stuff. I almost, I almost cursed again. Sorry. All right, shit, there we go, get it out of the way. <laughs> so uh, that band, uh, kind of, we wanted to do something a little bit heavier, a little bit harder, and we just kind of ended up uh, losing some members, changing some things around, wanted to change the name, of course, because it's a new band, new sound, new feel. So we went with the band Death of King, name Death of Kings, uh, just kind of fit uh, the kind of the vibe, you know, the, the, the imagery that conjures up, the mentality behind that, you know, death to, you know, rulers or whatever it's, you know, religious, political, you name it, whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a little bit more of a, encompassing a lot more uh, 
things that are out there. And that way it gives us the ability to kind of grow as a band and get heavier and harder. And with the lineup changes that we've been progressing, you know, with when Amos joined the band, that's really when we were able to kind of have a common goal and a common uh, mentality about how the band would progress. He kind of was right there. I mean, knew what the vision was supposed to be and definitely it's it's all of us now which is uh, so well put together and well orchestrated so strong as we've ever been as a, as a band now it's it's great so i can still hear a little bit of that hard rock punk influence in there yeah i mean me me and matson especially we we grew up in the punk scene and you know we try our best to to bring the more uh technical you know heavy metal music that same you know aggression and an intensity that we grew up on with the with punk and hardcore so uh we we draw from a lot of influence you know it's thrashy it's heavy it's got some death metal growls but uh you know you can bang your head to it so and you guys have been around quite a while given that you just released your first full album yeah it's uh you know, I'll, be, I'll totally take the blame for a lot of that i mean it was one of those we did I always wasn't ready to jump into putting out a full length just because I knew it was going to get, you know, kind of put under the, under the rug, so to speak. We weren't with lineup changes and with just inability to tour and just a lot of different factors. It just made more sense for us to kind of like fine-tune our sound, fine-tune as the band itself, get out some 7 Inches and some other music out there before we could really really put something that we could stand out on our own and then tour on that. So we'll just be like, hey, we've had four or five releases and nobody's ever heard of them or knows any of the songs so it's a lot better for us in the long run to really fine-tune the sound get it really really where it's supposed to be at where we're happy with because that's where it's all about making sure we're happy with all the music and then we can really progress and tour on top of that from there you've been putting out music but just small morsels yeah we've, we've had a couple singles you know when i joined uh, i think it was the end of 2010 um with with every member that's that's joined or left since then, we've kind of streamlined our sound, getting a little darker, a little heavier, a little faster. Uh, until now, when we're finally able to really capture uh, the intensity of the live uh, performances on a CD, and I think we managed to do that with this record. Now, you guys are from Atlanta. Tell me a little bit about the metal scene in Atlanta. Oh man, it's all There's there's a. Uh, there's no shortage of really, really talented bands poised to break out in Atlanta right now. Uh, you know, death metal. You in the place of bands like Mangled and Disfigurement, who are no longer playing. We've got bands like Cemetery Filth, uh, Repulsory, Malformity. You know, thrash bands like Sadistic Ritual, Paladin, Doom Bands. In the car, something for everybody in the scene, and and there's there's just a wealth a wealth of talent, and uh, everybody's kind of tight. There's no, uh, you know, real clickish groups. There are no standoffish. Everybody's trying to support each other, and it's you know, it's it's a big enough scene where there's a lot of really talented people, but it's small enough still that everyone knows each other and is it tends to be pretty cool with each other, as opposed to larger major markets where you got little splinter groups and. You know, only black metal bands want to play with black metal bands and et cetera. You know, there's a lot of crossover between the, the genres, and it's, it makes it a really nice place to be right now. I was there for 
guess it was back in March for our show at the Masquerade. I was really impressed with the crowd and just the vibe of the, the folks there. Oh, for sure. I mean, and definitely with the Masquerade, you see a little bit more of a dichotomy of the people that are around. I mean, for local shows, play like 529 or the Earl, places like that, you get, you'll see a lot more of the our hometown crowd. I mean, with the Masquerade, you'll get a lot more people that are outside what we call the perimeter, which is a, uh, a highway that kind of encompasses the city. Um, so everybody that's within that area really comes out to local shows. With the bigger shows, you really get more of the people from the outside of uh, the Atlanta area that do come in. So there's still a, some split, but it's still kind of nice to see some people that come in from out there and still kind of support. Geographical split, yeah. less like mentality, personality kind of stuff. So. Yeah, totally. Let's focus in on the band's new release, Kneel Before None, which I think was just released this June 2nd, correct? Uh, first, can you tell me, give me an idea about the title and imagery that you were trying to convey? Yeah, well, that that's actually, uh, and this was Amos's idea. It's actually one of the lyrics in the song. I believe that is uh, regicidal. Um, and that song is, uh, hence the name, it's about the killing of a king. Well, really, it's not like a medieval king, per se, but it's kind of basically uh, an oppressive ruler. And you can take that with any kind of imagery from everywhere, whatever that's supposed to mean. Leave it for the, the listener to be, kind of create their own and, and take it for where they want to take it. So that's totally kind of the fun of that. Um, so this whole album itself is uh, a bunch of really fun songs um, that we, I mean, I guess I do write all the lyrics, so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> There's a lot of fun, like, imagery I always want to conjure up, and that's really is kind of conjuring is what it is. It's, you know, there's songs that, like, regicidal, killing of uh, an impressive ruler. There's a revel in blasphemy, uh, basically making a pact with the devil. Um, there's, um, let's see, uh, Too Fast for Blood. Uh, it's an apocalyptic biker type of uh, crazy song. Uh, give me another song real quick. Um Plague upon the world. Plague upon the world is basically you're you you're you were killed. You now you're a zombie and you're going back. To, you're and you're walking dead yourself and you're going back to exact your own revenge. And you're kind of digging it a little bit. It's kind of like, well, I'm dead and this kind of sucks, but it's kind of fun, kind of all right. I can go. I can go get revenge on the people that kind of put me in this in this position. So it's a lot of fun that way. And it's kind of fun to be able to have that ability to write and to use a lot of different imagery and really have no rules with it. It's not just going to be like one thing that's one thing I do like with this band I'm able to write songs that are not just one trick pony we're only going to write songs that are about like you know dissecting people you know anything like that it's just going to be a lot of different fun imagery that kind of conjures up and we just kind of sometimes songs always write themselves is what I like to say I mean it's just kind of they just happen and sometimes you get a wild idea in your head and roll with it just let it let it run let it just kind of do its own thing and that's just part of the fun I get to get excited about writing as well so <laughs> well even, even though we have a lot of thrashy overtones, we don't really consider ourselves a straight thrash band. And, you know, drawing from all these other influences makes us able to, you know, well, it makes us able to not be confined by any sort of, you know, genre-specific boundaries. And we're able to write about what we want and make music as dynamic as we want or straightforward as we want. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun, you know, getting to create that kind of stuff. Beyond the lyrical imagery, the cover art, the visual imagery is very interesting and impressive. Who created it, and was it based on a particular idea from the band members? Um, our friend Joe Gettler from Razor Maze and Wilderun, um, he uh, had done some artwork for us in the past, and uh, we tapped him for, for that album art. Kind of gave him a guideline. Just we, We've got kind of a... You know, Vic Rattlehead, Eddie kind of mascot, uh, Reggie, you know, is, is the name of our little, yeah, uh, our, uh, 
our night guy. Uh, and we, we have been over the years kind of putting him in various situations and positions and, uh, I'm traveling dimensional traveling mercenary or something. But, uh, the, the cover depicts our, our dear old Reggie making some sort of pact, uh, with a devil surrounded by demons and, you know, skull waterfall and all the, the cool blood curling imagery you get, you're used to. He did. He did. It was really, really killer. We're we're stoked on the uh, the result. Many of the tracks on this album were previously released, so you guys have played them over the years live. Is there a challenge when you've you're so familiar with the song and then you go to finally put it down in that new album? Um, I mean, not really a challenge. I actually, for me, I kind of like it just because it's that way we're able to record it a little bit easier in terms of we're not wasting time or money in the studio. We like to be able to really hash out everything. And we're really right methodically. Like, there's parts that, like, I try to lock up with the, the kick drum a lot of times, even when I'm doing certain, like, muted chords or whatever. So it gives us time to really, really, like I said, methodically write and orchestrate each little part so it gives us time to when we get into the studio it's like we know really how the song is supposed to go um whether we play not, not a lot of reworking of those no i mean typically by the time we record something it, it, we've given the song enough time to really evolve into what it's gonna ultimately be you know uh, we put out a demo, a four-song demo in 2015, all four of which songs were re-recorded for, for this record, as well as the previous two singles. And, you know, some some of these songs we thought were such quality that it would be a shame to move on without giving them the proper album treatment. And so we we, uh, we managed to go in there, retrack everything, give it, give it a nice cohesive feel across the board, and slip in some new unreleased tracks we'd been working working on over the years as well. Revel and Blasphemy was a song that we actually almost didn't have ready in time. We actually wrote the chorus right before we recorded it. Now, I remember that going, okay, how does this go? How are we going to do it now? Okay, it goes like this now. One, two, three, go, record. Okay, now I have to write lyrics to fit that. <laughs> I think we actually tracked drums for that song before all, all four of us had played the song together. Yes. So it was, it was definitely last minute, but uh, it wound up being one of the stronger tracks on the record, and it's gotten a lot of positive feedback. Sounds like with that scope of older songs and some newer ones, people who listen to this album are getting the full vibe of Death of Kings. I We can hope so, yeah. And I think we've had a lot of people with, a, with some good positive feedback saying, hey, this is the, the closest you can get to like a live, you know, us live. And that's for us is super important because that's a thing that we've always kind of struggled with. We sound and put on a certain show and a certain sound, and then we go to the studio and it's it kind of becomes something else. And... It's, I like it this way more because people are like, this is the best version of you guys ever. This is the best sound of you guys ever. So the positive feedback is definitely there. And so we're really psyched on all of that. And it's really been really getting us really uh, ready for the, the next round of re- writing and recording. So, yeah. Well, despite the fact that you've been working for quite a few years, very hard, you're still a relatively young band. From that perspective, what do you think about the overall North American metal scene? Do you think it's healthy? Do you think that there's growth that needs to happen? What Just what are your thoughts? It seems to be very healthy uh, as far as, you know, there's no, no shortage of both, you know, underground and mainstream bands constantly touring across the country. Uh, I'm a promoter back in, back in Atlanta, and... Every day, some crazy band is hitting me up that I'm like, man, I can't believe all these bands are on the road at once. You know, we've got 
you know, people coming across, you know, the sea to, to play the, play America, despite how tough it is to get into their country these days. Uh, bands are still coming. You know, this is, you know, this is a big, big consolidation of metalheads across the country. You know, obviously places like, you know, Europe, South America, Central America, you got huge, huge metal fanaticism. But, man, you know, we, in our experiences on the road, uh, everywhere is just so receptive to, to heavy music and you know they they just want to help bands you know be loud and help them bang their heads you know so i think my favorite uh bands honestly are the underground unsigned bands they're they're the best ones out there i mean you, you can you can tell they have the heart there's the soul to their music still they're not writing anything they're writing for themselves it really truly shows and some of the best recordings are bands that just put out one record and you're like no don't you want to see them do more but i mean you know sometimes it's just you know it's hard to capture lightning in a bottle sometimes and some of those are some of the best bands so i think people need to go out to more local shows of course as always and come out to see all the touring bands because there's a lot of great bands that are on the road that might play for five ten people whatever but it's the best music i've heard in a very long time and it's, it really shows Let's talk about what you guys have going on on the road. You were in Knoxville, Tennessee last night, this evening in Louisville, Kentucky. What do you have coming up as far as the next few uh, weeks? Um, we're, we're finishing out a, a couple-week run here on the on the new album. Tomorrow we're off to Detroit, and then we start to swing east. Oh, I'm sorry. Tomorrow we're in Indiana, uh, and then to Detroit, and then we start to head towards the east coast up to uh, Philly, Boston, and then back through New York, Richmond, Charlotte, and back home. Uh, hoping to get a couple more uh, runs in maybe throughout the southeast this winter before maybe setting our sights on the west coast next year. Places you've played before, some new markets mixed in there as well? A little bit of both. You know, you always want to try to mix in a couple, uh, you know, regular spots that you have some sort of following in. That way you, you get a little bit of a windfall here and there while you're on the road. Play to some fans, you know, uh, and then gives you the momentum to get through the places that you're hitting for the first time. Well, guys, wrapping up with you tonight, what's the best way for fans to purchase music and merchandise, including this new album, Kneel Before None, from Death of Kings? Uh, we've got all of our uh, merchandise set up on our Bandcamp site, deathofkings.bandcamp.com. You can also get the new album from Boris Records, which is a local Atlanta label that's been just in invaluable with helping Atlanta bands get uh, their music in front of the right ears. And... Uh, Sam and Scott and Boris Records uh, have really been helpful in getting our last few records out, and they they are, have uh, they have the CD for sale as well as a lot of other Atlanta bands. So check them out for sure. Well, I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way. I'm going to walk over here in a few minutes to your merch table and purchase the album from you directly. I'm sure you'll have plenty of merchandise and that new album and upcoming shows as well. Absolutely, that's that's the easiest way to to get the record is to catch us on the road. Well, guys, this is my first time tonight to see you play live. I'm excited for it. Can't wait to bang my head, pump my fist. Excited to see you guys kill this place. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate the time and interest. Thank you very much. Thank you for everyone that's listening and everybody that supports. Thank you for coming out tonight. And, uh, again, everybody that's listening, thank you so very much. And keep uh, supporting all uh, touring local bands, everybody in between. It's, uh, it's the reason why we do it. Thank you. Thank you.